It's time to talk about the 2020 bad boys of the middle infield. Do you know what I mean? It's time for dingers. This is dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah, dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Jazz Chisholm that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Shouts here again this evening with Robbie Baseball in the murder room. And we're talking middle infielders who crapped the bed this, this season. So Robbie, how how you doing this evening? I'm good. Uh, we already had our, uh, you know, every time we record boat chat beforehand, so I won't bother anybody with it. But um, yeah, you know, I'm doing well. I dressed in the basement tonight with my insulated pants on. I got my uh, good socks, moccasins, uh, hoodie on. I'm wearing a toque because I didn't want to turn the heat on so that the audio could be as crisp as possible. Well, I like that. Crisp is excellent. So do we want to just jump right into it, Robbie? Or is there any like hot topics that happened this week? I don't think you can think of. I don't think anything has happened that has changed anything about baseball. Uh, I can know it. Think of anything. You can't think of anyone that caused a great deal of shame for their family. Not that hasn't already done it. And that DePoto didn't deal away in what, will end up becoming one amazing one-sided trade. Yeah, I agree. That 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 trade looks better and better by the day. Um, you know what, though? We do have um, a clip of him, you know, from today. I don't know if you if you saw the, the press conference with Robbie Cano. They asked him what he was going to do now. I did nothing. I did absolutely nothing, and it was everything that I thought it could be. <laughs> That's the official Cano statement Absolutely. of regret. Yeah, I state has... my regret. <laughs> <laughs> and here goes $24 million. That's right. And your Hall of Fame position is also gone. Because uh, I, I do think he would have still made it with the PED first bump. But the second time, you're now officially into, well, that wasn't an accident. This is Yeah, you're Manny Ramirez, dirty baseball player. So I've got a quick one before we beers and bourbon tie for you. Sure. There's some people on... Twitter, we're kind of discussing it. And I, I chimed in, you know, at Robbie baseball one, um, you're welcome to come on board on that. Uh, find the podcast at dingers pod or tie at tourney boss. Um, but the chatter was, this is great for the Mets. This is really good for the Mets. And it's really good for the Mets from the one I responded to was it's good for the Mets. Cause they're going to put that money back into the team first, second, it puts Jeff McNeil, Jeff McNeil back at second base, which is his natural position, which just for reference has not been where he's played predominantly for the last two years. And it's, um, it's getting Cano away. Who's not a good baseball player. And I had to, at that point I had to interject. Cano had a good year last year. It, 
uh, you know, obviously there was something going on. It doesn't matter. He had the stats are there. He had a good year last year. He does not hurt the Mets defensively. The $24 million, I don't think is going to be spent on whomever. Everyone's like, oh, now you can get Lindor. Now you can spend all this money on, you know, they're going to find 50 ways to spend $24 million. But they're forgetting that, like, you know, regression, you know, they Stroman accepted that qualifying offer. Players are going to be making more money that weren't last year. I don't think we're going to see the Mets take, you know, Cano's suspension and turn it into Marcelo Zuna one year, $24 million contract. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, I don't think people realize just how much money Stephen Cohen has. Like it, free agency to Stephen Cohen is just. <laughs> well, all day, he's tweeted, right? Day. He tweeted, put the money back into the team. The bullpen carts can wait or something to that degree. But he's still going to give the team a budget. It's not going to be a free for all because we know when the Mets spend a lot of money, bad things still happen. Like you need an actual baseball team within your stadium. You know, it's great that Cohen's a good guy. He's not going to do any wrong until the Mets don't do something financially that fans expect. Yeah. But I I think what you're going to see though, is I think you're going to see them have the financial flexibility to offload Cano, right? They are going to pay someone else to take him and go get a player back. That's that's how I think this ends for the Mets because they have that kind of money to do that because it's just jump change and and Cohen knows that in New York he can make a ton of money like the ROI on twenty four million going to some other team will be there if they get a prospect coming back and there's a team out there that will gladly take Robbie Cano for free and give up a prospect to have him on the team right whether he's just filling in and teaching young players or whether he's actually productive, like, I don't think that matters. If you're getting Robbie Cano for free, your team will be better, period. Okay, I like that point. I don't, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but you made a really good trade today in a dynasty league that after beers and bourbon, we should talk about because you got yourself a good free player. Let's go, okay. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh, yeah. Way to carry the team, Robbie, because I don't have a bottle this evening. I just uh, noticed you weren't moving, so I'm like, I better get in there. <laughs> as, as we talked about last week, I am out of bourbon, and I did not make it to the liquor short, mainly because I'm not feeling the greatest in the world. So Mug of tea, he's so holding So in case up, I everybody. get confused, I have a giant mug that says mug of tea. So I'm on the green tea just trying to make sure. It's Canada, people. It gets cold, and you get colds and stuff at this time of year. So just, Yeah, I got a flu shot on Sunday, of all things. you know, my. I have to do that, too. My wife, uh, who's a teacher and is in classrooms, absolutely insisted. Um, so myself, uh, her and our son went and got one on Sunday. Both her and I had very sore arms and we also lost power. We had a storm last Sunday. Then we were out of power for, I don't know, five, six hours, something like that, um, which, which paled in comparison to people that I know who were out for about 18 hours, um, maybe 20 kilometers from us. So um, 
we were very fortunate to get it back on before the evening or well, the end of the evening. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's cold here in Canada, even though it was 12 degrees today, which is beautiful for us. I don't know what, what is that in American 60? That's cold for most Americans. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it most, most time, anybody that considers themselves in the South, like that is cold to them. Um, okay. It's, it's basically like, uh, Yandy Diaz OPS this season, uh, Ooh. just not good. So anyway, let's, let's talk about my trade. Cause it was fun. Yes. It, it was, it was a debate that I was 50, having... sorry, Ty 53 degrees. That's what it was today. And I'm telling everybody that was a nice warm day for us. That was nice. Especially <laughs> in, in late November. You dang right. That's nice. Yeah. I took it. Normally, so anyway, your trade. Yes, yeah. You so got so a free with, player. Yeah. Hedbert Perez was the guy that, um, the other, uh, manager was looking for. And, you know, I didn't want to trade him. I, I have some good outfielders. I have some other great outfielders coming. Um, I didn't want to trade him for what he offered, which was J.D. Davis. And he was willing to pay what is an obnoxious salary for J.D. Davis. So I don't blame him for trying to offload it. But I have avoided at third base because I just took over this team. And free agency is very slim at that position. So I wanted to make sure I covered my bases. So it made sense for me to acquire J.D. Davis, but I didn't want to do it for just Heber Perez, who could be a very good international prospect who may be the number one out of that class. Possibly he's got a long way to go to get there, but he very well could end up being the number one. So I asked to up it. I included steel Walker or steely Walker, depending on how you want to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I got Mickey Moniak coming back. So ended up with a free major league player and a guy that I'm, I think is destined to be a good major league player in Mickey Moniak. And I gave up two lottery tickets and that's how you play fancy baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, I liked it. And I thought, you know, similar to what we're discussing with the potential for real baseball with the Mets. And um, there's always somebody out there who's willing to take a player when you are willing to give up something of what could be future value, right? And we talk about prospect capital. Um, I'm, I hate to say this. I know when when Roto Ronnie was on with the live stream, he talked about prospect capital too. And it, it's a good point. You know, he, he doesn't make many of them, but this was a good point. And it's it's about knowing how to build or how, how to get your guys and have them up to a certain level of clout. And whether you like them or not, if, if you can get something back that's worth more or that you might be able to cash in on later, you could be further ahead. And we always talk about competing in Dynasty. So I think the move is really good, Ty, because you're getting 2021 MLB production. And if your team is not in a position in that, that league, you have a player who will cost no other team a cent to take on for the rest of that season. So they will be willing to give you back adequate return on investment. And that's, that's with you still getting to have him. And if you're competitive, if you want to keep him, he doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Well, and, so and it, what it's I, a good move. What I really liked about it, uh, cause I, I'm still new to this league. So I don't really know the guy that I did the deal with. Right. And he sent me a message. He's like, Hey, how do you feel about JD Davis? I'll pay you to take him as long as you give me a prospect. I he go, I said, who do you have in mind? He goes, Perez. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not down for that. But what about this? We had six messages and got that trade done. Like it was nothing. I love, I love people that understand that I was willing to throw in a good prospect in Steely Walker to get Mickey Moniak, who's probably closer to the pros. Right. So that for me was a logical trade because I side note, I think people are way too low on Mickey Moniak right now. 
Um, but that's well, a hold point. on, Ty. We'll get into that in January. I know. I'm just I'm <laughs> or just the saying, outfield ranks. <laughs> I'm just for for our, for our guys that are diehards that are sticking with us here through November. That's a little nugget. I think Mickey Moniak is a buy at this point. Yeah, and for anybody who wants uh, super cheap guys uh, like waiver wire, depending on the depth of your minor league system, uh, Jake Berger, uh, Chicago White Sox, looks through the mini camp to have really revitalized himself after two injury riddled seasons. So Jake Berger could be a free guy, uh, White Sox, possible first base, third base. Basically it's going to be tough for him to break in with the White Sox, but he's now on the 40 man. So the White Sox were not willing to let him go to the rule five. Good move. Um, rule five is something we will be talking about, but not tonight. We've done enough off topic, Ty. Um, yeah. Should we dive right into the bad middle infielders? Let's do it. All right, Scott Kingery, number one, age 26, Philadelphia Philly. Dynasty rank for us last year was 31 in 113 at-bats. It was brutal. Batting average, 159. OPS, just over 500. 12 runs, six RBIs, three dingers. No stolen bases, which wasn't really a surprise. And a um, 35K to nine walk ratio. I don't like it. Um, I don't know what Philly wants from him on the hitting side, but he's going into his age 27 season. And it looks to me like he's going to be a role player. I'm selling him. The, the return's not going to be good, but I'm, I'm done with Kingry at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, for me, this, this comes down to something we talk about a lot, which is the buy based on value. I'm going to buy here. And the reason for that is I just think there's not enough depth on that infield for him to lose the at-bats you got to remember that dd's gone i think it's highly unlikely uh that you're going to see um the phillies make a sign on that middle infield with segura and kingery i think they're going to run with it i think kingery's going to get almost unimpeded to the position this year which is going to be the first time that's ever happened for him so i think having that full run-up for him is going to put him in a position where he can lead. The power numbers are there. Like even, even in these down seasons, the slugging number is still fairly consistent. Um, and, and there was a huge dip in 2020, obviously, but he also didn't get a full season of at-bats, right? We t- right. We've talked about this, that any one player, good or bad, uh, this season could have been on a hot heater or on a cold streak, right? And that's not enough to, to give you a full season worth of data to make long-term decisions. For reference, Kingery had 113 at-bats. The most on this list is 228. And I'm seeing several guys, looks like one, two, three, four guys that have under 100 and four more that are under 150. So exactly like Ty said, that could be a hot month or a, or in this instance, a cold month. But for yeah. Kingery, it's stretched out over the season. So Well, and you have to remember too, the NL East was one of the best divisions in baseball. Right. And Kingery didn't see many at bats outside of that division. And when he did, um, they were red hot Blue Jays and Yankees and Red Sox even had a couple of hot streaks in there. Lots um, of good pitching for sure. That's right. So, like, it's not as if he had a fair shake versus, you know, somebody that was in the NL West or the AL West who have a couple of good dominant teams, but overall fairly weak pitching to face. Right. So, you really have to keep those things in mind when you're looking at these guys. Yeah, so that'll move us. I like I like the idea there, Ty. That 
you know, it can't be worse, I guess, if you're, you know, picking some. I feel like this is going to be a quick one for us. D. Strange Gordon, Seattle Mariner, 32-year-old, 44th ranked in the Dynasty big board last year at second base. Only 75 at-bats this year, 200 uh, batting average, OPS under 500. That's normal. 12 runs, which was okay. And for production, that was good. But three RBIs, no home runs, three stolen bases, 13 strikes, five, sorry, 13 strikeouts, five walks. Um, I'm, I'm done with D. It's really unfortunate. I thought he was just going to become like a slap hitter guy and still be somewhere north of 260 for the average. He can't do that. It means he's not going to get on base enough. Seattle obviously is, you know, strangling, not strangling him, bad word, obviously um, lessening his at-bats. Uh, it's if, if DePoto can find a way to deal him, he will, if there's a deal out there to be had. But I don't think they're in a position now where they're willing to give anything up in order to get rid of contracts. I think they're comfortable with what they've got left on their book. So uh, Gordon might just ride the pine with Seattle and I don't want anything to do with them in any size league 30 team league. I'm rebuilding. I don't want Gordon 30 team league. I'm ready to compete. No way. Anything lower than 30 teams should not be rostered. Yeah. I mean, his career high in home runs is four. Yeah. So yeah. there's just, there's never going to be a situation for me where I'm buying this guy because the stolen bases aren't, you know, the 60, 64 that he, he had in his previous life. And the uh, average is gone. His average yeah. is gone. Well, and, and I mean, he's just a step slower, right? Like that's just, it's a fact of age, right? It's just going to happen. Um, so those little infielder hits up the middle that he used to get away with, he's getting thrown out on him sometimes, right? So you're going to continue to see that trend. The thing I will add to this, so like I'm selling in the off season without a doubt, I, I would never have owned D, but in this scenario, um, I would be selling. What I will add to that, though, is that I'm going to pay attention to where he gets traded. He's a free agent after this season. D. Gordon is a perfect trade candidate. He can play multiple positions infield and out. He can run. He's the perfect guy for, uh, you know, a Yankees to acquire depth at the trade deadline or, you know, maybe the Padres who really like to run, you know, teams that, that want to add that speed piece with some versatility, especially the NL teams watch for that. But what I'm saying is, if you see him have some good trends during the season, he will be a good buy because he's going to go to a contender this season. He's just got to get that average up because I could see, like, I know what you're saying. I think it's like a Rajai Davis kind of thing, right? He could just be an impactful player for you at times, but he not batting 200, you know, like he's got to be over 250 because you can't, have him as just a pinch runner when he, totally. like you said, he's a step slower. So um, anyway, Luis Urias, Milwaukee, 23 year old came over trade last off season. Everything was going to be great this year. Well, I mean, you know, we saw what happened. 109 at bats, 239 average OPS, 602, 11 runs, 11 RBIs, no home runs, two stolen bases, and basically a three to one strikeout to walk ratio. I, how do you feel about this Ty? Well, you, you hit the stat that is really important for me, um, and that's the, the K to walk ratio. That's the one I'm paying attention to because it is nowhere near his career average in the minors or even in the majors to that level. So you're still talking about a guy that's just 23, right? And we've talked about this over and over and over again about the prospects being given up on far too early in today's game because 23 – it is not a, a dead prospect, right? It's just not. Now, the trade the Milwaukee Brewers made is a bad trade. But that said, uh, I don't think Urias is going to completely let them down. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a bounce back. 
from him because that K ratio is going to improve. And I think that he's just going to learn how to hit because he's done it his entire minor league career. And you just, I'm not saying he's going to hit the 320. I think everybody thought he was going to hit when he came up, but I do think he's going to hit 280, 290 and reasonable OPS. Like he's a, he's a doubles guy. He's fast and, and he puts the ball to the outfield. So I'm not giving up. I'm buying on Luis Sirius because frankly, the Brewers need him to be better. And I think he's going to deliver because he's a, he's a bat first guy. And I just, I think he's a guy you want to buy at this point. It certainly is important that he does something for Milwaukee because Kesson here taking that, you know, sophomore slump this year and increasing the K's and average came down and other things, just being more of a power bat. Hopefully they can both rebound a little bit better. But for me at this point in time, I'm going to sell them in dynasty. It's just not coming together for Urias. And I'm going to look for a guy with a higher floor. And I, I accept I could very well be giving up on somebody who has much higher potential than who I could be getting back in return, but I don't want to find myself as this guy, Ty. And this guy well, is, Oh, sorry. Well, we both know that you're Urias is more of my kind of guy. Like this is a post type type of guy. Absolutely. He's not a dumpster fire. Like the guys you love to hang on to um, and, and still somehow win. <laughs> um, but, but this guy is definitely going to bounce back. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be the superstar they wanted him to be. Um, but he's definitely going to be more valuable than he is right now. So if, if you have a need at second, he's probably going to give you three positions this year. So keep that in mind. All right. So the guy I was going to say, you don't want to hold on too long or else you will end up becoming this guy, which is the Jose Peraza owner. Uh, now a free agent at 26 dynasty rank. We had him at 35. We, we were not sold on Jose Peraza and 111 at bats this year, 225 average OPS, 617, 13 runs, eight RBIs, one dinger, one stolen base. That's the problem folks. 18 Ks, five walks, <clears throat> pardon me, Ty. Um, and you know, I don't know, Ty, how are you feeling on Peraza? I, are well, we gr- I had, I had him as a buy last year. Like I, I thought he was a great fit for Boston and I, I went on and on and on about it because I thought it was the perfect spot for him. It really did. I still feel that way, but he kind of turned into Boston's version of Derek Fisher, right? Like that guy you just get frustrated watching played terrible defense in a small left field in Boston. And I think Boston's done with him. So, you know, if you can't cut it for a bad Cincinnati team and then you can't cut it for what was a very bad Boston team this season, where can you cut it? Right? Like that's, that's the problem. I, I think he's going to have trouble getting a job and you might see him head across the pond, right? This could be, somebody that needs to go to Asia to revitalize his career. His game would fit in Asia. He'd probably have some success. Yeah. And I, you know what? That's actually an interesting point for him because that might be more to his liking and yeah, get on the Eric Dems workout schedule and go. <laughs> well, I don't know that he's <laughs> going to become the power guy, but uh, yeah, certain, certainly for me, he's a bench bat moving forward and that's not somebody that I'm going to target at all this season. I don't think was a mirage. I think this is Jose Peraza. So a guy I do think was a mirage was shed long season, 25 year old uh, injured at the end of the year. We already see he's now working out. He liked something that I said on Twitter about him. So that just, you know, boom, he's going to go way up in the dynasty right now. Last year it was 18 this year. He's easy top 10. Um, so in 117 at bats, all joking aside, 171 average 533 OPS uh, 10 runs, nine RBIs, three dingers, four stolen bases, 37 Ks, 11 walks. Ty, what are you doing to me? 
Well, I, I think I just switched my pick because I want to be in complete opposition of you uh, just for fun. <laughs> and, and if you listen closely, what the underlying tone there was, if you like Rob's stuff, he will talk about you. So Jerry Depoto must just be feeding you nice things behind the scenes, right? You get Christmas cards and everything from Jerry. Um, but he, honestly, like, I'm just not in here. I had concerns last year when you fell in love with him. I still have concerns. I, I, I'm not going to say he can't be a reasonable player. Like I could see him ending, ending up being like a peak Josh Harrison, maybe right? Like that could be an interesting comparable. Obviously yeah, he's that left- would be okay. Yeah. He's a left-handed stick, right? Shed is, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I'm wow, pretty sure he's too. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm well, envisioning- he's not going to like any of your stuff if he's listening now. Oh my God. I don't even know Shed, what side of the plate he hits right. from. It's the injury. Uh, <laughs> just out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I just, I've never been in on Shed. I, I would love to be proven wrong because It'd be, it'd be nice every now and then to be proven wrong about the Seattle Mariners, but um, <laughs> I, I continue to to get those ones right. Like Kyle Luce is the only guy that I was really pumped for, um, and, and I continue that statement. And so Shed Long is, is just not there for me. So what do you – I know you love him, Robbie, but tell some people why. Okay, okay well, here, let, let me try to sell you then, Ty. I'll, everybody else doesn't – you know, maybe people won't, you know, they'll discredit me now because of uh, my accidental slip of Shedlong liked a tweet. So he's in, um, he's recovering from injury. He had a brutal stat line to the untrained eye. If you look at the stolen bases, look at the power, it's not that bad, but to the untrained eye, a brutal stat line. And he's no longer a prospect. Hey, Ty, can you say team post hype? <sighs> no, do it, do it, do no. it. Well, that's who he is to me. We can get into it when we go to second base rankings. Um, but I just decided, I really think, yeah. I'm going to get somebody, I don't know how, to make me a version of Lionel saying goodbye. And that's going to be for <laughs> Shed. <laughs> the, what's that song? It's the like so long, farewell, the yeah. Alvita's end of day, whatever it is. Yeah, from Sound of Music. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, anyway, another guy, Nikki Lopez, Kansas City, 25 year old, 30th ranked on the Dynasty. Uh, board for us last year 169 at bats nice 201 batting average 552 ops have anyone caught the theme yet we have yet to see a 700 ops uh 15 runs and 13 rbis which was good that was good but one dinger no stolen bases 41 k's 13 walks ty your thoughts nikki lopez um He's a, he's a better baseball player than he is a fantasy baseball player. And, totally and for me, that means you're automatically not on my team. That's just a fact. Um, and so I, I just can't buy for that reason. Like, I don't mind him as a baseball player. Like, if I was running the Kansas City Royals, I, I would pay attention to that. But when defensive metrics are maybe your strongest tool, then I'm, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, if you're desperate and it's not a K's league, so K's hurt you. He won't hurt you as much, but he is not going to be a player you plug in to actually help you. Now, like I mentioned, the counting stats of runs and RBIs was not terrible, but by comparison, next up, Nico Horner, 23-year-old Cubby, 21st ranked in our dynasty board last year, 108 at bats, so 61 less. The average was only 20 points higher at 220. OPS was 20 points higher at 571, but in... 61 less at bats. He had 19 runs to Lopez's 15 tied for RBIs. 
no power, which is the surprise with Nico Horner. Not that he's a power bat, but that it wouldn't be that bad. And almost half the case, 24 Ks, 12 walks. So there's a guy, if I'm sizing the two of them up, Nicky Lopez is off the list. Nico Horner would be on the list. Now in this scenario, Ty, are you buying, holding, or selling Nico Horner? Um, I'm going to buy. Uh, and the big, big reason uh, is that in all likelihood, Chris Bryant's gone and you're going to have some at bats in that, that lineup. And I think Horner is going to be one of the guys that benefits from that. So I think even if he hits 250, he's still going to give you enough production to justify buying him at on, on his age 23 slash 24 season. So, you know, I think age is a big reason for my buy here. And I think the at bats or pathway to at bats is, is the reason I'm buying here. And I don't have a ton of buys on this list. Uh, this is one of them. And, you know, I, I just think he's young enough, similar to Urias that he's just going to hit. And, and I think this season was awkward for everybody. So you can't base, your total long-term on a 23 year old based on what we just went through. That's just not fair to that kid. I mean, you you have prospects that shouldn't have been in the major leagues last season that were there that people are writing off, which is ridiculous. So, I, I mean, for me, Horner is a guy that probably would have saw some time, but I also think he probably would have started in AAA. And I think you're, it's a result of that, that he's down on people's lists, which is why I think it's a buy. Yeah, good good point. It, to me, he's a buy. It's situational, and this is the situation. You have a decent fantasy team already. You don't have to be a powerhouse. If you're a powerhouse, great. But if you are a down-in-the-dumps team, I don't know that Nico Horner is going to be somebody that I give up other assets for if I'm struggling with assets. But this could be a good time to get him as bench depth, not as your starting second base shortstop. I could see him as somebody who comes onto your fantasy team as a bench player. If you have corner and middle infielder, yeah, maybe he's going to be a fringe starter for you there. But that's more into Roto than it, or you know, bigger leagues. If you're in NFBC, that, then we're talking redraft too. But this is dynasty. Uh, he could easily come into his own next season. Exactly what Ty just said. He nailed it. If Bryant's gone or if their bias is gone or if there are injuries or whatever, he could see a full season of at-bats. He gets to go through the highs and the lows of an MLB season. And he was pushed in, right? He was pushed in in 19 when he came in down the stretch. So he was in, it was the same kind of push situation last year. I'm sure if teams could go back and redo the 60-man roster, there would have been a lot more veteran signings than there were highly touted style prospects who got to go to those camps because it was really easy as the season progressed to add players to those camps. So they could have done that later on with those prospect guys. And instead, some of them put teams in a tough position because the management was like, well, like let's get reps to this guy and that guy. And then those other veteran dudes who sometimes kick around, sometimes it's starters, whatever they didn't get it. So to me, Nico Horner is a, bench type guy in a deeper league or an eight by eight, which is what we generally try to go by. He'll cover more categories. The power is not going to be a big thing. The stolen bases should certainly be an upgrade from the, what was it? One, one this year, zero this year. Um, Sorry, three this year. So it should certainly be something that helps to mitigate the fact that, you know, he's not doing everything. If he steals to 12 bases, that's, that's good. You know, I'd, I'd be okay with that. So another 23 year old Luis, Ariz of Minnesota, probably butchered that name. Uh, Dynasty rank, we had him at 19 last year. This was the guy who everyone's like, oh, he's going to hit 400. Well, 323 average and 112 at-bats. That was good. 
seven, like good, but everybody was somewhat disappointed. I'm 765 average on a powerhouse Minnesota team, 16 runs, 13 RBIs, but nothing else. Uh, no home runs, no walks. The K's were low, uh, 11 K's and eight walks. Ty, what are you thinking on a Reese? Well, I, I mean, I think there's two things here. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to sell and it's very different than where I was a year ago because I was buying and I did buy and I'm going to sell. And, uh, and let me tell you why. Um, the big reason is, is people are going to overvalue him as this talking point in your trade discussions. He's going to score a ton of runs. Like that's going to be a fact, right? Whether he's hitting one or nine, that doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to be in front of Buxton, Donaldson, Kepler, Cruz, et cetera, right? Get on base, right? Like he's, he is Moneyball to a T, and he's going to benefit from that. I'm selling because I think you can get a ton of profit off of that. And the second reason is that the Minnesota Twins have several middle infield prospects coming, um, notable yeah. ones, right? So I don't think he's long for holding this position with the Twins. He's either going to get bumped to the back of the bus and play off of the bench, which is probably the most likely for a competing team, um, but I think the other option is he's out of town. And, and regardless, there's only a, two or three teams that he becomes more valuable than he is with the twins. So uh, the assumption is you're, you're selling him at peak, even though he's not even in his prime yet. Yeah. For a 23 year old to say that tie, like that's, you know, that's a bold statement. Uh, I have seen, I see no speed. I see no power. So I have no buy. Um, the rest is fine though. If I had a whole bunch of power bats with low average dudes, he would be on my team to help balance that out. But that probably is not a championship team. And I prefer to try to build championship teams. So Luis Garcia, Washington national 20 year old who broke in this year with 134 at bats. Thank you for keeping that rookie eligibility. Oh, wait. Um, Dynasty rank, we had him at 50. And the reason why we had him at 50 we didn't think we were going to see him in 2020. So there was there was basically, as, as we've talked about this before, we do a five-year dynasty rank. So if we don't think someone's playing in a season, that's basically 20% of their ranking value eliminated. Just like if a pitcher gets Tommy John, you basically drop them 30%. So on our Dingers big board, where we did over 200 pitchers last year, if somebody gets Tommy John, they might be dropping 40, 50 points just because of missed time not performance related than if you think they're going to come back and struggle, it could be even worse. So Luis Garcia ahead of the curve. Good for him. He'll get a good bump this year. 276 average was, was nice. And, and you know, the six sixty eight OPS. Okay. Not, not great. 18 runs. Awesome. 16 RBIs. Very nice. Two dingers, one stolen base. And here was the problem. 29 strikeouts, five walks. Um, Ty. Yeah, I, I'm buying here because I think he's a forgotten guy on what is still going to be a very good team. Like the Washington Nationals are one signing away from being a championship level team, right? If they go get one power bat or one middle of the order bat, like Marcelo Zuna for me is the perfect fit for the Washington Nationals. Um, he's exactly what they need to fill out that outfield. He's the extra bat. You could even teach them how to play first base if you had to whenever they decide Zimmerman is not good enough to play baseball for them anymore. Um, but I, I think he's the guy that's going to be very underappreciated, probably hit seventh, uh, give or take, on, on long term, and, and just be quietly productive, right? And, and these are the kind of guys for me, out, out of what we've talked about at end, 
is a, very, a pretty weak second base position right now across the league, right? So this is a guy that I think is going to give you value for reasonable low acquisition costs. And the reason I think it's going to be a little lower than you think is because what Robbie mentioned, he's going to lose rookie eligibility. When he does, in most formats, that's going to cost that owner more. And if he's not productive, which he hasn't been elite yet, I think you can still get him at a reasonable price. Well, a six to one, basically a six to one strikeout to walk ratio. And here's the thing. Just see what you can do in your league. The prospect industry took a collective crap on Garcia in 19 after everybody in 18 was like, oh, Garcia is amazing. You know, top 50, top 30 we saw. And then everybody regressed hard on him because he didn't he didn't light the lamp. And that was the fear in Wander Franco with some people. Yeah, was, I was going to say, yeah, where, where are Wander Franco fans at? <laughs> Wander Franco is going to light the world on fire. And now some people are like, wait a second. Is he not actually the second coming? And you know, that's, that's the whole point of this is like Garcia could be the guy, excuse me, who you go and pay a good price for right now. Now, if you are in keep forever dynasty, I would pay the price because as I said, he's 20 years old, but he's not going to be a prospect in your league or sorry, a minor leaguer in your league, unless your settings are somebody sent to the minors can be put in the minors. So if you have a 26 man roster or however it works out, if you're in a really interesting league that could have a 40 man, he could be on your 40 man. Other teams might not want to put that space for him if he's not going to start. So this is the time to go for it. You've got a six to one walk to or sorry, strikeout to walk ratio. You can talk about um, there were only two dingers, but the runs and RBIs were good and the stolen bases weren't high. So there are ways in which you can talk down the value of somebody legitimately because that's the MLB fantasy production angle, right? But you can also see the highlights, high runs, high RBIs, and the average was perfectly fine. And again, 20 years old, like my God, the fact that he's competing with that competition says something. So to me, Garcia, I think of this list, I think it's safe to say for me, as much as I like the potential of shed long because of how disastrous the numbers work, I think if I was to pick up one guy from this list and we've got what, five left, it would be Luis Garcia. Where are you on that, by the way? Let's just take a quick little breather from, from that. Do you need a moment while I read off the next dude? Uh, in terms of who, what, if what's you were the to, if you were to go for one guy on this list, who are you going for? I have a toss up between two guys that we haven't named yet. So, oh, okay, perfect. Um, I'm, I'm going to just finish really quickly with Garcia. Yeah, the yeah. One red flag item to pay attention to is his lefty splits. So his career minor league average against the lefties is a little concerning. So that's the one thing that I need to see from Luis Garcia or he's destined to be a Tampa Bay Devil Ray or Ray. So that's that's my concern with him. And I think that is the one thing I'm watching for. But like you said, Robbie, he's 20. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because if he's good enough to handle the bat um, at that level, the thing I don't love about our advanced metrics is that we don't have a lot of those same whiff rates at the minor league level. And so that's the thing I would want to see. Like, I want to see how many balls he's putting in play because then we can try to extrapolate what was the contact, what was the exit velocity, all that fun stuff that can give us some ideas of what he's doing. Because if he just needs to make an adjustment, you know, to get his hands in tighter, to get to that ball up and in, and that's it, like that can happen, right? Like Brandon Lau is a guy that's going to do that, right? So this is a very similar potential for a Brandon Lau. So that's why I'm in. Excellent. So Gavin Lux, the next guy. So we had him in our dynasty ranked at seven last year. 
22 year old. I mean, we know 19 was a great minor league season for Lux. He came up to the, to the show struggled. And then uh, I forget what it was. They kept, uh, they kept a guy who mashed, I think seven dingers in spring training. So he, he would have been one of your guys, Ty. He just came out of nowhere in spring Rios, training. Edwin. Thank you, Edwin Rios. Um, and Rios got the spot. Lux went down. So Lux only ended up with 63 at bats this year. That's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, I know he's only 22. That's tough. The results obviously show that 175 average 596 OPS, eight runs, eight RBIs, three dingers, which is good. One stolen base, a three to one strikeout to walk. Um, what are you thinking here, Ty? Buy, sell, hold on Gavin. See, I'm not the biggest Gavin Lux fan, but I do think people are ridiculously low on him for what he can be. Like, I, I don't think he is Corey Seager's replacement, which is what everybody thought he was going to be. Uh, yes. I think I think that's a major downgrade if if that's how the Dodgers uh, move forward. I mean, as a as a Jays fan, Corey Seager is the perfect fit for Toronto. He solves all of our problems, lefty bat, good shortstop, uh, hits for average, hits at the top of the order, et cetera, et cetera, right? He could so even I'm, help to reel in Kyle Seager. No, hard no. Uh, <laughs> but the idea is is I, I don't want him to sign with the Dodgers because I want him in Toronto. I think he's a Dodger for life. I think they're going to extend him. Um, and, and for that reason – I just, as long as he's given the opportunity to play one of two positions that isn't shortstop on that infield, second or third, I think I'm, I'm in on Lux. I think he's a perfect guy to replace Justin Turner at third. We were talking about it before we went on. I don't understand why the Dodgers would want to spend that much money on a Justin Turner when they have two very reasonable replacements in Michael Bush and Gavin Lux go sign uh, another infield prospect or, or not prospect, sorry, a veteran. Uh, there's lots of them out there right now um, in the middle infield. Like it's one of the deepest free agent positions. So uh, I think you could go and get a Tommy Listella or a Jerkison profile and, and support these young kids as they need to get some limited at bats. But I, but I do think he's going to play at second or third this year, instead of being impeded by an Edwin Rios. I just don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, like I'm hoping to see 400 at bats this year. I'm holding on him um, because he does not have the value to deal him at this moment in time. So I'm saying hold on him. Uh, if you think the stat line will improve, then I would look to acquire him. He, I think, has lost rookie eligibility. I'd have to double check on that. But I'm cons- I'm concerned that the value in selling right now isn't there and obviously you don't want to get burned on a 22 year old because of a, like ties has said before a weird uh break in in 19 with him kind of like horner you know came in after a really good season uh down the stretch struggled and then you know puttered out of spring training losses you know potential roster spot blah 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 so it just doesn't look good the optics aren't there but that doesn't mean that gavin lux won't still be a good fantasy player for you moving forward plus he was not a highly touted prospect until some point towards the early stages of 19, because I remember drafting him in 18 or not drafting him, but getting, having him in 18 and I traded him. And I mentioned this on the podcast before because I needed an active roster in the league. I had to trade Lux for Curtis Granderson and Lux was just like, whatever, just a, one of the shortstops that I had wasn't a big deal. Didn't care about it then. Um, but you know, now as a, a number one or a former number one prospect, the yeah. shine is obviously off. He's still a top 10. It should be on most people's list. But here's the thing. You got to understand 
production is important. So if he's not going to fit your plan, obviously the numbers are there. If he, if you extrapolate everything he did over a full season, he's going to be perfectly fine for you. Now imagine if he improved, right? Imagine if every, if the lines went up, the counting stats are going to be there. It, it's the Dodgers. So anyway, moving on to another 22 year old jazz Chisholm, Miami Marlin came in last year, 56 at bats, 161 average, 563 OPS, eight runs, six RBIs, two dingers, two stolen bases, four to one K to walk ratio, uh, 48th on the dynasty rank that we had. Cause again, this is a guy we didn't think Miami was going to bring up, but he did. So tie buy, sell, hold jazz. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying here. And, and I think part of it is because the bats are going to be there. I, I don't think Roas who will talk about at some point this off season, I'm sure um is the main say he's what like 42 playing shortstop in miami we'll uh, talk about him next episode he is older than you <laughs> think and i and i just think there's a pathway to at bats um chisholm did a reasonable job um uh, in jacksonville uh the splits were pretty good lefty and righty the powers like he's not gonna mash a ton of home runs from uh or against lefties he does have a little bit of pop versus the righties though. So I'm, I'm at least paying attention and I think he has a little ways to go on the power side, but he's still 22. He's got a frame that he can still grow into a little bit. And I think as he does that, the pop's going to be there. So I'm going to buy now while he's looking like he's floundering. And I think this is a guy that's going to develop a little bit of power and, and surprise some people because the speed is there. The bat is reasonable enough that uh, we should see some improvements and and just continue to to watch him advance because I think uh, I think he's going to be one of those under the radar guys that just slowly becomes a really good baseball player. I agree that I think he's going to be a perfectly fine, a you know, reasonably good baseball player. I think it might take many seasons before we start to relax on Jazz. So I'm a hold. Not that I don't think you're in the wrong there, Ty, on buying him. Um, 22 years old, and obviously he should improve, but he does need a 100 point jump on that average again it was a yeah, short sample right but the power like, numbers are, are better than you think right 25 home runs in 18 uh he had 21 in 19 right like, like he was slumping in 19 to some degree and that's why that trade with arizona happened yeah because it was like oh zach allen's overachieving jazz chisholm is underachieving womb swap swap and then everyone's like miami what are you doing and i don't disagree I think yep. Jazz Chisholm is going to be fine. I'm just saying at the major league level for production right now, his game will need to improve about, he needs to jump his OPS over 800. That's 250 points. Right. But 56 at bats. But after that trade in 19, uh, he did hit two, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to guesstimate. It was roughly 284, 80. Yeah, he got better. And, and his OPS was north of 800, right? He hit 792 with Jacksonville against the lefties and three or 928 against the righties. So he's significantly better against righties for sure, uh, which is pretty standard for a left-handed stick. And I think you're just going to see him slowly get better. I, I think this is a very underappreciated buy by Miami. And everyone's like, oh, you got roasted. And and I think at the end of it, Zach Gallon's going to be very mediocre. And I think Jazz Chisholm's going to be the guy that people are like, that was a really good trade. Yeah, and depending on how dynasty owners like to build, you know, we've heard before about you you uh, buy the pitching and develop the bats and, you know, everything that everybody likes to do. If Miami's doing that style where they're they're developing the bats, they, they took a high 
a high fly in Zach Allen, who then repeated, which ended up being a short season, not a full season. Let's see at the end of 2021, how everybody likes this trade. Cause right now I think it's okay, but a lot of people are saying, Oh no, 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 this is Arizona's trade. Like this is theirs to win. So let's move on to another guy. Cause we don't want to dwell on that. We've got the 30 year old cheater, Jose Altuve, sixth rank on the dingers, big board, 192 at bats this year. And what happened to Ty? a 219 average, a 629 OPS runs 18. Really good. RBI 32 whammy. That, that was nice. Five dingers, two stolen bases, two to one K to walk. Um, he's hit that unfortunate number, right? 30. He's old. So buy, sell, hold, Ty. I think that one's easy for me. Hello. I mean, it's hard to believe that like a, basically a former MVP is in team post type right now, but I'm, I'm putting him there because he, he belongs there. If you watched any of Jose Altuve in the playoffs, you know, he can still hit. Like it was blatantly obvious against the best pitching 2020 had to offer in the national league. It, this is a guy that is going to be there period or sorry in the American league, not the national league. They used to be in the national league. I know that's why I got tripped up. But anyway, point, <laughs> point is, point is, is this is a guy that is grossly undervalued for the, all the reasons you just said, he's a cheater. He is 30. Who cares? Yeah. Like who cares? Still go hit 300, go hit me 25 bombs, which he's going to do both of next season. Do not fall into this trap if you own Jose Altuve, unless you're rebuilding, and that's fine. But if you're competing, this is a high-value guy you're going to be able to get for cheaper than you should. And this Astros team could implode after next season um, with some free agents coming up. So if you're trying to win next season, this is a very, very hard buy opportunity. Go get him. He is my probably my number one guy here. Gavin Lux is there. Okay. But Gavin Lux is going to cost a lot more, and that's why I, I put Altuve as my one on this list that we're going through. Oh, okay. That's cool. I, I like that that's a diverse buy. That's not going to be everybody. So I'm selling, and I have drank the Kool-Aid tie. I don't like him because he's a cheater. I don't see Houston having a long stretch of success throughout the rest of his tenure there. They were under 500 this year, got into the playoffs You know, because – 2020 because baseball, whatever you want to say um, they're getting worse in my opinion. And as you said, they've got guys out the door after 2021 Correa among them and no Verlander in 2021. I don't like the outlook. I don't like the potential for run production. I, I feel that Shea Hillenbrand, the ship is sinking vibe when I think of Houston because everybody wants terrible things from them. So I'm on the bandwagon of, I don't want Altuve on my team. So yeah, I'm, you're, I'm willing to lose out, but you're giving up. Like there's, there's still lots of talent coming. Like you're going to see force Whitley this season. Like Brian, you Ugh. might even see, you might see a full season of Brian Abreu, right? Like Corey Lee is not far off. Jordan Brewer's coming, right? Like there's, there is reinforcements here. And Oh, don't forget about the couple of studs that they already have. Right. Like what about Jordan Kyle Alvarez? Tucker. Yeah. Jordan was gone. Kyle Tucker looks like a stud. Uh, Bregman is a stud. He's a grumpy stud, but he is, he's a stud nonetheless. Uh, there's enough here. They're, they're a starting pitcher away from, from being a dominant team, like with or without Verlander. Well, I would say, yeah, two for 2021. Like, I think they need to get back and do what they're supposed to do. They have to replace Verlander. And obviously, yes, they need Forrest Whitley. I don't think is going to be the answer. It would be nice. Uh, prospect I, people I do have think been waiting three years. Yeah. yeah, I do th- yeah. Well, and the thing that we'll Forrest, get to see it. Well, and the thing that Forrest, and this is what I, this is why I love Forrest because I think he's grossly underappreciated. 
Forrest Whitley automatically becomes a better pitcher when he hits the major leagues. Why, you ask? Same reason we talked about Stroman getting worse when he went to the Mets. Automatically gets a better defense at the major league level. And when that happens, Forrest Whitley will start to shine. This is a guy that pounds the bottom of the zone with sinking stuff. And you need a good defense to be successful that way. You usually don't have that in the minor leagues. So for me, I, I see Forrest Whitley being a bit of a, oh yeah, this guy's kind of good when he gets to the pros because that defense is shored up. Now, that's assuming Jordan Alvarez is not rolling out at first base because that's not going to be great. Yeah. Hey, hey, save this for the big board, buddy. Next month, we'll get into these guys. Uh, next on the list, uh, th- these last two, well, definitely this one's going to be short. Franklin Barreto, uh, Los Angeles Angels, 24-year-old, former uh, Oakland, uh, former highly touted prospect, 228 at-bats this year. How did he do that? Uh, 175 average, 549 OPS, 31 runs, 29 RBIs. Those are good numbers. Uh, Nine dingers is good too. So, so sorry, one second, Ty, I have to do this. So are four stolen bases. However, are you ready, Ty? 100, 100 strikeouts. That can't be right. That's got to be the career. Oh yeah, that is the career. That is the career. I'm so sorry, everybody. The last two guys, Barreto and Rogers, I did the career stats. You know why? It's this time to sell everybody. It's time to sell. Uh, these are Barreto's career stats. So my apologies for the 100 Ks, but 100 Ks in 228 at bats and only seven walks. Boom. Peace. I'm out. No thanks on Bretto. Hey, uh, Ty, how, how do you how do you feel about Franklin Bretto? Well, for me, it's really simple. And and this is I have such an appreciation for Alex Anthopoulos when it comes to dealing prospects. So mm-hmm. if you, for those of you that don't remember, Franklin Bretto was one of the key pieces of the Josh Donaldson trade from Oakland to Toronto. And Bretto went, and everybody freaked out, and I went. I'm not that concerned because every single prospect that Anthopolis has ever traded, except for Syndergaard, which you can even make an argument for now is somewhat of a bust um, has been a bust. Like everyone Hoffman shouldn't have traded a bust, right? Like all, all of the players that went to Miami for Reyes and Burley and Josh Johnson, all were busts. Right. And, and if you just look at Anthopolis's career, he's very good at at recognizing these guys. Uh, Cashman in New York is also very good at this. So for me, that was the minute I was out on Barreto when, when Anthopolis traded him, because, you know, you could say, well, Matt Boyd, well, Matt Boyd had half a good season, right? So there's really not a guy that you can point to. That's like, well, he shouldn't have traded that guy. Well, you're right. Cause like Daniel Norris is in that same club, right? Daniel, like there are guys who have had potential, which is exactly what they are when they're in the minors. They are potential, helpful MLB pieces. And for us as dynasty owners, they are potential pieces for us in the future, but you have to be able to get MLB stats from them and positive stats, good stats. And Franklin Bretto in those 228 at bats has not shown that. So Franklin Bretto, no bueno. Last guy, Ty, again, these are career n- numbers for here. So I do apologize. I didn't put the asterisks in, um, but Brendan Rogers, a Colorado 24 year old, 44th ranked on the dingers, big board, 97 career at bats, 196 average, 462 OPS, 19 runs, nine RBIs, no dingers, no stolen bases, 33 Ks, four walks. He's been overmatched at the MLB level. Um, I'm a sell holds. I'm just looking elsewhere for my future shortstop and second baseman, but I'm not trading him because if something weird happens and all of a sudden he settles in, I don't want to have traded him away because it will have been for nothing. I can't imagine the best return you could get for Brendan Rodgers in a one-for-one. 
I think you're going to have to be making a complex trade to get rid of him. And I don't think his owners right now are willing to give up probably because they've been like, well, hold on. He's been like a top 10, top 20 guy. I'm not selling him yet. He hasn't even had a hundred career MLB at bats. Where are you, Ty? Well, there's a couple things here. Um, surprise, surprise, Rockies prospect got ruined. Uh, who's shocked? Um, <laughs> zero people are shocked. And in the reality is what nobody knows what Colorado is doing with any of their infield, right? Their whole infield is is either pissed off or, <laughs> or not getting playing time, right? Like every single yeah. player on that infield is angry at, at the way that team's being run. Arenado wants to go. Story is leaving. Right. Hampson and, and uh, McMahon have no idea who's the starting second baseman. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so or it's just who, who's the future third baseman yeah. who could take over at shortstop and why they don't get more production out of first base when all <laughs> they've done is draft first baseman <laughs> and then they just never somehow make it to MLB as like a legit first baseman. Yeah. Like, I, I, the whole like, front office staff in Colorado needs to be axed because they've, they've had so much good on their plate and they've done so very little with it. And yes, the pitching is hard in Colorado, but the hitting is easy. So, you know, who cares about pitching? You need guys, Gail get 10 knuckleballers and just experiment. (laughs) It can't be worse than what you've done. But the point here is that I'm selling also, and I'm probably selling for anything. I don't own Rogers, even though the swagger is top shelf uh, from, from Brandon Rogers. This is a vanity metric King pin. Um, and, and it's, it's hard for me, but, but I, I'm out, I've been out, I'm going to stay out. And, and mainly because there's too much competition and when he's handed the reins, he might be 26. Yeah. And, and I mean, even at that, it, it just might not happen because yeah. who knows what Colorado's actually gonna do. And maybe he ends up, you know, kind of being buried and what either way, like I'm with you. It's time with Brendan Rogers. I just, I don't think I'm selling because like I said, I don't see what I'm going to get back. I'm going to be happy with. It's kind of like a Brent Honeywell jr. I might just have to die with this one. It's this might just be one of those highly touted guys that I'm just holding until they're dropped. Cause but I'm not going to sell them now. You can still get value for him. And I think you need to. And and that's why I'm I'm pushing for the, the sell because I think there's still enough people out there that are like, you know what? He will come back. He has to. And it's just, for me, it's just not the case. Fair enough, Ty. That's it. That's it. That's everybody that sucked that we think was notable in Dynasty. Uh, now we will move on in the next episode eh, to the guys who had good lines. And do we care? Absolutely. We care. The next list is maybe my favorite off season list. So I cannot wait to get into the next episode, but until then it's been Rob and Tyler on Dingers. This is Dingers. Way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.